Hello, folks, and welcome to the Social Marketing Academy. I am your host, Christopher Tompkins from the Go Agency fame. Uh, and I have fantastic guests for you today, um, another marketing and advertising expert in my network and a fellow Forbes contributor, um, Dr. Janae um, Havenswap, and she is going to be talking to us about how to target women consumers. Oh, 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 oh. prick up your ears, it's gonna be a good one. Um, so tune in, I'll tell you a little bit more about um, Janae in a second. In the meantime, um, thank you again for tuning in to the Social Marketing Academy. Uh, we try to bring every single week something new and fresh to your plate. It's basically an hour's worth of free consultation with a marketing expert. Um, we cover lots of different topics. Um, you can find out and listen to all of our past episodes, obviously through the podcast platform, if you're listening to it on your podcast platform of choice, or you can go to gosalesandmarketing.com. On that website, uh, that's the Go Agency's website, there is a podcast tab, and you can see all of our past shows, and maybe you're watching this here, there, so welcome. Uh, while you're at the website, make sure to check out the e-course that we have currently. Um, it's free, seven days, not a big deal. Blog has lots of great articles and helpful things. And if there's anything that you need help in the digital marketing world, give me a shout. So um, if you have an idea for an upcoming show topic or you have a question for me or whatever, just get in touch with us via the website. We have a chat function on the website as well as our contact form and social links. DM me, it's gonna come to me eventually. So um, what can I say about my um, guest today for uh, today's episode? It is. Dr. Janae Ozentros. Now, she is a signatory with the United Nations Business Account Hub for the United Nations Global Compact Network. She's an award-winning businesswoman with several leadership awards, and um, she has also uh, has a phenomenal company that is focused on marketing and advertising and has a lot of clout with the um, top companies in the nation. So uh, she's she has so many wonderful insights. So I'm just going to bring her on to our interview and we're going to be able to talk with um, Janae one-on-one. And there she is. Hi Janae, how you doing? Hi Chris, how are you? I'm living, I'm living. Uh, so I, I just kind of went through um, a little bit about, about your background, but just kind of like letting everyone know just a little bit more about yourself. A little bit more about me. Um, so I'm the founder of um, a woman-led digital consultancy that works with Fortune Corps and media companies to help them connect with women consumers in an emotional, intuitive way using data and technology. I love women. I love what I do. Yeah, I mean, it, and that's why I was really excited to um, have you as a guest because I think that, you know, everyone is always looking at their different target audiences and kind of just missing the mark many times, especially when you're trying to focus on um, not only age, but also on sex. If you're doing um, men or you're going after women, um, there, there, there's a, a specific skill set in being able to laser target those individuals um, through marketing and advertising. And so was it the, was it the, was it the love of marketing to women that kind of made you start your company or kind of what kind of led you on that path? Well, I would share that my company initially didn't start this way when we, when I started, it was a full service digital consultancy. And um, we did 
we did everything like that you can think of under under that umbrella from social media to web design big big project ecom build outs um but then around 2016 2017 i decided to pivot and that was based upon our corporate clientele requesting that how they wanted to target specifically women consumers and so we kind of said well you know what better place to be in connecting and nurturing those relationships um, and having coming to a woman. So uh, what I did was I injected back my passion for women, which is where I started when I started my entrepreneurial journey. And um, I think it was a great blend. It can't always be bottom line. It has to be a combination. Passion has to fuel the, the purpose. Oh, absolutely. And I think that uh, if you don't have passion, uh, generally you don't succeed. And I find that with a lot of uh, prospective clients that I talk to, it's kind of like, if, I, if, I, if a client can't, prospective client cannot express their why to me, I find a really hard, I find it to be a hard journey to connect with them and to help them. Uh, because, uh, you know, I, I was talking on another interview about one of the things that drives me absolutely up the wall is when someone connects the agency and I say, who's your target market? And they say, anyone that's breathing. And I said, what's your goal? They said, to make money. It's, it's kind of like, okay, great. Why are you doing this? Um, right. There has to be a reason. There has to be a thrust. Even if you are one of the cogs in the wheel, you should know what the wheel's passion is as a cog. Um, so what I think one of the things that I'm, I'm interested in, and like, and if, we're, if we're focused on women um, and, 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 and trying to target them, we've seen lots of different trends over the last year. And so what have you seen trends in um, how to engage the female audience um, through marketing, advertising, digital, that type of thing? Have you seen anything kind of pop up as a new trend? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would share that any opportunity to lend a social focus to your advertising and marketing campaign and sharing stories that are based around that social focus actually evokes emotion. And many women, um, many women are attracted to that. I would also say to brands, it's actually a detriment if they're not doing that in this day and age, because a lot of millennials are deeply connected to having social initiatives being their determining factor on whether they move forward or utilize a brand. Do you feel that there's a social platform in particular that it enables you to share that message more concisely or more directly than another? Are you sharing me directly or are you talking about a social media format? A social media format. Um, I think that, I think Facebook and Instagram are two of the easiest mediums to do that. Um, obviously two different styles of how you share that message. Like Instagram, very video focused. Whereas um, I guess you could do a combination of content and video with Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. um, but if you're on Instagram, which is where the majority of people seem to be nowadays, especially if you're in e-com, you know, you want a quick video. Videos are great because they pop. You can really entice. It's not so much about content. I can't even tell you the last time even I read an Instagram like message or story. It was more, oh, the video or the right. caption, right? Right. Right. Yeah, it's it, it, you're you're like spot on there. I, it, 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 I laugh because one of the things that I had, a, I recently had a conversation with a client, and they were going back and forth with me about the actual written caption that goes with the post on Instagram being too long, and 
I, I said, listen, this is, we're getting we're getting in the weeds here. Um, we need to make sure that, that image is arresting so people actually want to get there. So once they get there, they're invested. So they might want to read an extra sentence or two if you have it. Um, uh, one one of the things that we thought also is that uh, we have another client that is um, kind of like off off the cuff, but uh, we have a fitness client and um, fitness captions on Instagram are almost three times as long as the normal caption. And I just thought that was really interesting in terms of uh, in terms of grabbing the attention of the market. But you're right, it is the image itself that really, really grabs the attention. So with that said, um, do you obviously are going, you help brands um, develop their images that they put out on social media, correct? Well, we can we can do that too, but really when companies do connect with us, it's because our agency is in possession of the only ethically sourced data file on American consumers. So what we focus more is on directly targeted marketing. So a lot of companies come to us because what they're exhausted by is by, you know, how can we maximize our ad spend without, you know, having a lot of burnt, like the burn rate of our ad spend just gone. Like I think the number was about 25% of someone's ad budget actually directly targets their client with, ver with verified data it then you know makes that more of over 90 percent goes directly to gathering that direct target so even if there's three to seven percent that's burnt off then it becomes like oh well we can we can do that but we're now maximizing the potential of what of who we're targeting and how we're targeting with that database it, it's interesting because a lot of people um don't understand that percentage because it is very true. And that's why I said before, like one of the, my, my least favorite audiences are my prospective clients that I kind of say, eh, I don't know about this one, uh, is when they say anyone that's breathing is their target audience because exactly. they're going to burn off a lot of that budget. Well, I was going to share with you, the people that say that generally don't have strong value propositions. And if you start really untangling their brand, they have no mission as to where they're going. So they don't even know who they're directly targeting. They just see every person's an opportunity for money, which is, I think, is the narrative that is also shifting in the industry. You need to know who you're targeting because more and more sectors are becoming saturated now that everybody can be a fashion designer, everybody can be a wellness guru, everybody can be that. So the only way that you can have true sustainability in the future is to become is about within niche marketing. It's being really fine tuning. Who is it exactly that you're targeting and how are you offering value to that brand and how are and how are you honing in on that brand voice to the your potential audience and that's actually if you're looking at bigger brands like if i was just to use some examples of some bigger brands um i think even like what adidas has been able to do with some of the brands like the stella mccartney's the beyonce's ivy park brand the yeezy brands they're trying to tap into voices it's not so much as about celebrities it's the celebrities and enhancement but it's the voice of what those celebrities or those big designer brands are attempting to say and that's the the beauty of what people should be tapping into and it doesn't even matter if it's a small brand right? Or even even bigger brand. We even look at a company like Peloton, who does aspir it takes aspirational marketing like to 2.0, right? Um, <laughs> like, as I share with people, Peloton is brilliant, but really, what is it? It's a rebranded treadmill and a bike, right? <laughs> Modernized and slapped on a, an iPad. And I always share that it's that's not to take away from it because it's genius based upon the fact that they actually just repurposed what already existed. So yeah. we're also entering into an era of repurposing and the people that actually understand 
repurposing and how to really tap into a niche are the people that are going to soar. Oh, I completely agree with you. Um, and it's funny because it's been a it's been a common topic on the interviews I've been having with marketing professionals, which I it's like a warm blanket to me because it's like it's focusing on the niches, and I think that that is. It's something that I've, I, it's been, it's a struggle sometimes to get a client to see because they feel that an, a niche is limiting. Whereas it, it depends on what you're doing, obviously, because if you're, if you're advertising in a magazine, there's like, to be a little bit broader, but with digital, you're able to really pinpoint like with your database, for example, that, I mean, you're able to go directly to that individual. And you, if you know that individual and how they, they, they breathe, what they eat, what they consume, um, media-wise, you can really create something pretty powerful. Now, in, in your experience, like if you're dealing with a client, for example, that comes and has like a little bit of a broader, what they think is a niche, but we think of as a broad target audience, you know what I'm saying? Like they come in like, oh, I have a, I have a really, really laser-focused audience. It's 18 to 65 men and women, North America, um, that enjoy bread. And it's kind of like, <laughs> You couldn't get any more broader than that, right? How do you talk a client into an, a more niche approach? Like, how do you get them to kind of really understand the value of that? Yeah, so what we do is that we actually sit and unpack with the client. So a lot of times, like what I share with when someone shows up at our agency and just based upon that, many of many of times, like if it's a corp, some of them are larger corps that already have in-house agencies. Yeah. So they already know parts of who their target audience is. What we try to do is fletch out let's let's fine tune that even more right let's instead of taking it from this broader scope right what is your end game what are you looking what is the result that you're looking to produce so a lot of times we start at the end of um and trying to understand the story that they're trying to create because a lot of times what i i find so many people are so quick to get to the sale they're missing some important pieces and in turn you're going to be able to determine by taking the time getting to know what the client's needs are, getting to know the story that they're trying to shape is going to determine whether or not if you can even offer value here. Sometimes you can't and that's okay, yep. but, but that means you can refer them to another agency that may specialize in that. But I will even share this, even when people come to us and they want to work with women, okay? Women's a broad topic because there's so many different directions that you can go in. Um, but one of the things that we specialize in is particularly African-American women, right? Um, so the Nielsen report that came back out in um, maybe about two to three years ago, where it talked about African-American women giving the contribution of 1.5 trillion of purchasing power to the American economy. It was, they actually, uh, a lot of those corporations sought me out specifically because they wanted a black woman at the helm of creating the narrative for um for those that messaging and that content right so it's not just for us it's we look at how do we nurture and amend relationship yeah. right and that that becomes so we focus on those two components when we sit down and engage a client they may never have even tapped into that market right so we have to define what does that market look like and what are the needs of that market combined with the the, the different social aspects that affect that particular demographic right so um, it's been very interesting. It's very interesting, but that's usually a part, that's a big part of our process of how yeah. we 
we would um, gather that information. And then from there, that's when we will, that's when we'll move over into kind of looking at data sets and proposals. And then we'll try to fine tune it from there again, once we circle back to have that conversation. And, I, and, and everyone that's listening to this, I really want you to hear what Janae is saying here. This is the process. If you feel that you can go ahead and placing an ad on Facebook is easy. I, I mean, all I have to do is hit this button. <laughs> Let me tell you something, rub a lamp, buddy, because what this is, it's, it's, it's a process. You have to do a lot of legwork. You have to figure out, but the best part about that is there's checks and balances, there's metrics, there's numbers, there's things that you can hang exactly. your ad on. For example, if I'm doing an organic campaign on social media and I'm just creating wonderful content and the content doesn't land or it gets lots of views, what's the metric that we really want to be focusing on? Whereas, because that's more return on influence, but what we're talking about here is return on investment. And there, if you engage, and, and this is another thing that drives me crazy, um, sorry, I'm so boxing, but like <laughs> one thing that drives me absolutely crazy is when someone says, oh, wait, I have to pay for you to do the ads. So wait, you're gonna the the average thousand, and then you're gonna charge me. I'm assuming that you're dealing with small business entrepreneurs, right? You'd be you'd be surprised. Um, it's it it it's like we we worked with an international brand that thought that everything was baked into one rate, and I said no no that's that's going to be how much you pay to the platform, and then the the, the additional is going to be a percent. Right. And it's 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 interesting because it's like wait 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 we have to we. We're already engaging you as as a marketing agency, and then we have to pay for you to manage our ads. Yes, because it's work. Oops. It takes work. It takes expertise, and it's I'm not baffled when people make statements like that. Is that weird? Weird. It's it's. it's, it's I'm gonna soapbox. <laughs> Go. Oh. Because I, I just don't know how they would even possibly get there if a multinational company thinks that they are going to just put some ads up and I, I don't know, you know, we, we definitely, uh, we used to have that happen a lot. And that's why I was asking if it is small businesses, but I think small businesses have actually caught up to the fact that they're going to have to put out money there. Right. Um, in order to see definitely an ROI. And I'm, I like the fact that you talked about the ROI, not just the return on investment, but the return on influence. Yes. And a lot of times people don't realize, especially startups is that in the beginning, it's usually a return on influence right? Like you'll, you'll get the traction, you'll get exposure, you'll get people, your social media accounts will start growing, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's become tangible yet. Yes. Right. And it takes a process. And I tell people the sweet spot is usually around three and a half months. Yeah. Three and a half to that six month mark is when you're going to start seeing traction. If they can stand, I love the people that, you know, show up at the door and they're like, can you turn me into a millionaire in six months? This is why. <laughs> That's where I was going to share with you. I'm going to start soapboxing. It's uh, like turn me into a millionaire in six months. Okay, let's slow down and let's actually develop brand voice. Let's start. What do What do you want to say? Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't want to, to to focus in on that. Well, people hate the mayor being put in front of their face, and I think that. It's it, it, that's kind of what our, I mean. One of one of the, the roles that I take on client when I'm when I'm working with them is to try to hold the mirror to their face as much as possible in terms of what they need to really focus on. And you have to really look at yourself. In uh, advertising is not something that you're going to spend like when when people come to me and say, "Well, like, how much am I going to get for five hundred? How much am I going to get for thousand? And I say, "Well, your website's terrible. There's no conversion points. I can't order anything on your website. You're out of stock for most of the things. It's got to be pulling." Can we keep talking? $10,000 budget rate. Right. Um, and it's, it's interesting. Um, but one thing I actually like, 
preaching of the converted here. Um, I have a client and I want to talk about metrics, kind of like what metrics clients are most interested in and ones that um, they misunderstand. Because I have one client that is um, talking about impressions ad nauseum. Like the, every single metric wants to be an impression. So I want to get, so I want to get this many impressions to this person, this many impressions for this, but no other metrics are being looked at at all. Why would he want impressions and not conversions? This is why I'm asking you. <laughs> what I, what I, what I, what I, <laughs> I'm trying to, because I, okay, I'll share this. When you have people that talk like that, you know, you just have to, to smile and nod because a part of it is, is that you don't want to, def, you have to eventually deflate their tire because that there is in fact a difference. Impressions is just the tra the traffic and the traction. We're talking about how do we take people that are just peeking, looking and converting them into following and then converting into sales like th this is this is it and um i'm right there with you because it, it doesn't matter the size of company we even had a client a few years ago which was a big multinational and then we got into the meeting and we're like they should know this they're talking about <laughs> they're, they're talking about top of funnel it's like dude you can't even talk top of funnel you don't even have a value prop for this new venture that you're developing and so yeah. Yeah, I, I, like meanwhile, I'm not involved so much in the day to day anymore. I'm just more of the spokesperson, but it's just, even when I listen sit in on meetings, it's the stories, the stories are, are hilarious. Stories for days. And it's, it's interesting because what I've, what I've done is one of the things that I do is if a client is coming to me and they will not, they choose not to understand what the metrics are going to be, you know what I mean? Like they, they're choosing to like, just not understand. They want to focus on what they want to focus on. What I will do is I will deliver the metric that they're focused on. And what I see is my analogy is I say it's the Chinese food. It's gonna make it, they're gonna be hungry in 30 days. <laughs> they're gonna be hungry in 30 minutes, 30 days. Oh, wait, wait, Chris, that's not PC. That's not PC. Then what I'll do is I'll put like a nice warm steak underneath that Chinese food. So when they're done with it, there's a steak underneath, and the steak right. is what you should be focused on. Yeah. And, and it could be, it could be if it's looking at, because what, what I generally get is, um, if we're talking about advertising in particular, what, what's, the, what's the goal of your advertising, Chris asks? And they say, I want more visibility. And I'm like, oh, golf clap. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that he defined why we're here. <laughs> yeah, um, so I'm going to cost this much money. So you're going to get the second bill and ask me for leads, right? Second bill. Okay. So I'm going to build that into the campaign. Well, I, I've saved them. Excellent. Let's look at the both, both sides of the ROI because we want to get that return on influence for you, but we also need to get the um, return on investment. And that's when I, I try to start looking at the um, conversion points because they're like, oh, conversion points. Um, yes, we have um, a wonderful white paper. And I was like, excellent. Well, that's lodged up under a rib on page 45 of your website. So why don't we put that as Yeah, and the other funny part is no SEO is done. This is the other part where I love when they show up. No SEO is done, but they want visibility, but they haven't done SEO, which actually has to be done in conjunction with launching the campaign. That needs to be done. You, if you want visibility, that's the first place to start. And then while we're building out the, the assets for the initial campaign, let's just start with SEO. I find that funny too, but I also found funny is like how people only, even bigger brands only started taking SEO seriously when COVID hit last year. Yeah. It's like, where have you been? 
Where yeah, it, it, it's the same thing. It's the same thing I'm finding today with um with video, and I think it, I, and I think what we've kind of discovered is that a lot of people have more time to be silent and with themselves, and more room for their thoughts. And a lot of the lot of the, a lot of the ideas that we had that might have been too out of the box, or they might have think that oh that's going to take too much of my bandwidth to really digest or whatever, they're asking about and they're saying, hey, remember that idea you had pre-COVID? Um, uh, let's talk about that. And I feel that I'm being, it's, I have a better angle, not angle, that sounds a little bit disingenuous, but I, I, I am able to connect better with my clients and, and get closer to them as humans and what they're looking for. Um, but one point that you made that I really want to kind of shake out is that if someone's looking to do um, advertising, the way you're going to get the most out of it is if you do have your SEO done on your website, you do have your value proposition in place. You do have a website that loads fast. Like, don't tell me that my ads aren't working when you have a 95% bounce rate. I'm going to look and see how it loads on a mobile phone. You have to look at all of these different things when you're kind of going through it. Like, if I could, if I could, I could count them, like, I'd need more hands. Um, how many clients do not have mobile responsive websites and they're trying to drive traffic to an audience that is, like, 95% iOS users. It's like, it's, it's challenging. So, I mean, anyway, I, 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 Listen, I, I, you're, preaching, you're definitely preaching to the choir. I, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Um, I just think that, that of, um, people are, um, people need, so we're going to backtrack to something. I think yeah. like a part of even the frustration that exists for many advertising marketers is many people showing up at their, at their door really don't understand social media marketing and social media advertising. They yeah. don't see that there's a difference. They, they both work hand in hand, but there's in fact a difference. One is what is the, the, the brand voice. The other part is the actual uh, engagement. And so let's just, just even getting them to understand that is is already becomes already becomes like you're already talking over their head right so it's how do i make this as simple as possible which means that you for some clients you have to handhold them through the process you have to to, to invest time in providing them with doses that are like nuggets of like oh and this is what this looks like a lot of times i feel agencies provide people with proposals that even other marketers can't understand oh my god yeah, <laughs> yeah. or, oh or another agency goes to you they go to another agency and then they have an unfortunate experience and then they show up well this is what they offered me can you do the same i have no idea what i'm even looking at right my favorite is especially when it comes to like ecom or so shopify build outs when they they go to another firm and then they show up there and then they want the exact same thing and the company has done their own type of link like code <laughs> within within uh, the within the the invoice or the bill and it's like i don't even know what they're saying we're gonna have to just let's just start from fresh what do you want mm -hmm. right and that and that's kind of like going back to the core value of what what do you actually want to get out of the program and um and also i anyone that's listening if you give me a proposal from another company i want to um, Pardon, I miss you're going to do the same stuff to my proposal so i don't trust you immediately yeah, like, well, that this is it, right? And, and that's exactly it. Because it's like, why did they leave the company? I was sure this with the staff, like, why did they leave the company? Why are they connecting with us? Like, I think, I think it's also being discerning. And I know everybody's in a place right now where, you know, markets have been disrupted. 
And so yeah. everybody's just trying to cling on for dear life and, and clients. But there are some people that thrived during, you know, the last year. And um, I, I think that um, there's something to be said for that. Yeah, I think there is. And, and I think that the people that really did um, thrive were the ones that um, were ready to organically move through change. And I think that they're the ones that looked at change and understood it. And it kind of saw like, okay, this is not going to be just one shift. There's going to be multiple shifts. I mean, 2020, how many different shifts did we see? We saw oh my gosh. political shifts. We saw a sociology shift. We saw attitudes change. Um, like things that we never thought of about certain people are now we're thinking about those people. And it's it's very, very different. I mean, obviously, all lots and lots of negativity on 2020. It's marker now. That's like fantasy. I mean, it's like a big puzzle and it's lots of change and lots of there's lots of things that you can kind of, and, I, and I'm a big fan, I'm a big fan, a big proponent of talking to people and in their own language, hitting them where they, where they are and appealing to what they want rather than just like, buy this, buy this. But it's, it's exactly, exactly. And I think that 2020, and I agree with you, there was a lot of change, but I think there was also a lot of opportunity and possibility. Yep. Right, because what we did see was huge e-com surges. Like a lot of a lot of us saw a retraction. Those of us that deal, dealt with larger clients, we saw a step back from those larger clients. But the influx of pivoting into e-com markets. Think about how many new brands launched and how many yeah. existing brands actually soared during that time because they were they had were just consistent and prepared for that for that those opportunities. Right, and I think it's this is this is always the reality the people that sustain are the ones that are able to create substance or create opportunities within a downturn of the economy you know and and actually i think i think gary v even said that years ago you're going to tell the true entrepreneurs are the ones that are become you know um what is it called um proof um they can um stand the test of time regardless of, of of what the market is dictating right recession proof that's the word that i was looking for. Yeah. yeah recession proof and i think that's um that's that's the truth the, the sectors that soared last year like when we look at e-com and home home um re development home repair oh my goodness like um those are areas because people had time their hobbies were taken away they were in a place of where now they were for, for, forced to focus, right? So because they were forced to focus, they were actually forced to slow down and to be yeah. more intentional. And so we're seeing some other sectors that are resurrecting, but this is also the sectors that are like truly affected like travel and hospitality. It's also giving them the opportunity and the possibility to create more sustainable options within those sectors. Because it's not, let's just have this conversation. It's not like none of those sectors didn't know and no different than some of the larger companies. Some of those larger companies knew. Their risk management teams have been talking about the potential of something for years, right? And no one puts in a contingency. And then when something like, no one could have anticipated COVID. So definitely not pointing fingers at that. But I think that people, what we need to talk about is, is more of, um, fiscal responsibility within executive management and developing um, stringent contingency so we don't lapse back into the relying on governments to, to do things for us when something takes place. That should be the last case scenario. Companies should have contingencies. Completely agree with you. 
Yeah. And it, it's kind of, um, and also I think being open to the unknown and being open to experiment is really, really important. Um, like mm -hmm. for, talking about my, like at my own agency as an example, um, we didn't have industries that were hard hit. So we weren't, we didn't like, like I, I know a lot of my, a lot of our peers kind of like just shed clients immediately. Like anybody in the entertainment industry, anything in the oh, yeah. entertainment industry, um, a lot of people in the luxury market, a lot of people in travel. I mean, all the things that we, we obviously you know, hospitality um, and hotels, blah, blah, blah. But what I decided to do when this hit was I knew that our clients were stable, but I knew that the future was going to be different. So what I did was I kind of sat with myself and said, I don't feel comfortable marketing myself right now. I think we should build a community. And I wanted to build community. So what I did was I reached out to other agencies and find out what they were doing and how they're doing. And we started working together. And I'm not gonna go outside and hug a tree, but like at the same time, I, I, I really like community. And I was never that person. That's uncomfortable for me. I mean, I'm an extroverted introvert. So, <laughs> I'm right there with you. I totally understood that. But I think that there, you're 100% right. People have been looking for community in different ways because and going into these secluded um, dynamics with restrictions being placed, people have started seeing the value of people again. And that is actually the, the biggest part. We're sharing stories. We're targeting people online. But we've been lacking luster in our terms we're, we're talking about social media engagement but we've been hindered in our social engagement people don't yeah. like prior to COVID, people didn't put much emphasis on the value of relationships anymore or human affection they saw it as you know it's a dime a dozen i can reach out and text somebody whenever i feel like it until it's taken away and then you start realizing well maybe i can't reach out and touch someone even when restrictions have been lifted so canada right now is in a red zone and so even when we came out of our first red zone in the summertime, you'd meet with somebody and normally you would give this person a hug, but you can't. So you'd shake their hand, you can't. So then you almost feel like you're pulling back. And so when things are taken away, we're seeing people having to step out. And one of those areas is community, but community is actually a lot of where I feel marketers don't realize it's about creating impact. That's another piece of your story, right? Yeah that now creates your social narrative. So it's not just the stories that you're creating for other people, but also around your brand, which actually entices a lot of people to want to align with you. Completely. And I think what it's interesting as a marketer too, to start talking about impact and community um, and, and the value of people kind of understanding that, oh, I actually miss people now. And what it's really interesting because I have a theory and about 2020, and I think that everyone really, leaned into different causes and some of the people that were really missing that one-on-one -on -one interaction leaned into things in a very radical way in order to gain attention to themselves and i found that that was really interesting because the people that were never really radical about anything were radical for the sake of being radical and then you can see the people that were radical and presenting things in a like in a in like authentic way and i just thought that was so interesting because I was literally building campaigns at the end of 2020 on the radical think that they are original snowflake people. And it's like, they're in a snowstorm where everyone feels like they're snowflakes, you know what I'm saying? And <laughs> kind of like, well, here's an original thought. And it's like, dude, like everyone's had that thought. Um, but glad that you're thinking. <laughs> um, but, but no, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Um, but I, I think that it just like, uh, just kind of wrap that, this, this kind of part up. I think that 
it's really important for everyone to be open about new ideas, be willing to willing to kind of try things out, and also talk to an expert. If you're considering doing advertising, like if you're talking to like you're talking to Janae now, um, if you talk to Janae and she will give you answers. She will tell you what you need to do. She will tell you that you might need to do this first. And what would you do otherwise? Just kind of like pull away on your own, trying to figure it all out. You can talk to an expert and then we're here to help you. We're not here to, um, don't back up your truck of money to our door and say, make this work. See how we can make it work for you. Exactly. It's about the relationship. It is a brand relationship. We have a saying at a have a digital and it's actually, a company-wide mandate of relationship first, transaction second. Because if you don't have the relationship, it doesn't matter about the money. It's just, and, and in fairness, I tell this to all advertisers and marketers, it will be an uphill battle if you don't have the relationship, right? Um, especially, and it depends on what tier, but like corpse, generally they they pay you and then they go, or you have to wait a little, of maybe 60 to 90 days for payment. But if you're dealing with some of those smaller agencies, scarcity beyond belief. Scarcity, like those smaller companies, they're, they're scared because they've never done this before. So if okay. you don't have relationship, that's not gonna go anywhere. Um, and we're not here to think for you. We're here to help you think. Yes. Right. That's a, actually the best marketers help you think, right? We're here to be resourceful. And then we will offer injections of, of or disrupting facts that may will help you to pivot mentally. But we're here to help you think. What we're here to do with you is to make things look pretty, fine tune your voice, and then directly target your ideal client. Exactly. And it's using, utilizing our expertise because that's why you're hiring us. Um, and I find that for, for, for relationships that don't work, and if you're looking for an agency and you're kind of, this is your, this is your point of view, I would say, maybe don't look for an agency, um, someone to take your orders. If you want, if you just want to say, okay, excellent. I want to do this advertisement. This is the target audience. This is the budget. I want to run this on Facebook. I want it to run here. Um, the creative should be this and hey, why don't you get an intern? Why don't you just get someone in your own company and tell them what to do? Don't talk to an agency. Um, we're here to be strategic partners. So like you said, help you think, you know, to, to impart our wisdom. But if you're going to dictate the path, that's not using us the best way that you can. Yeah, because you're exactly what you said, Chris, we're partners in this. This is not, even if you're paying us to execute the services, does not mean that we are at your whim either right and and that like you're dictating orders um because ultimately we are here to help you think right these are your ideal clients um and and fairness that also gives you a prelude if they're dictating orders imagine what their client their potential um clients would feel like right the people showing up at their door what what is their customer service like so um that i i think i i almost feel like there needs to be a hand guide for for um, for marketers on how to the how to um, navigate through and for those utilizing marketers on what not to do and how to approach and how to work with. Mm -hmm. Oh my God! Yeah, I would love that. Um, mm -hmm. And I would um, I would would I buy that book and I have a whole stack of them and send them out to every single new client. I mean, it's 
it's fine. It's it's interesting because you know there's idiosyncrasies with every single every single client that you have. Everyone's everyone's different personalities, different background, different breath on the marketing topic. But if you're going to engage somebody, um, engage them in terms of being a collaborator. Like I say this all the time, I want to be your marketing department down the hall. I don't want to be that Florida agency over there. You know what I mean? I want to be like part of your team. And right. and I think that if we can express that and land that concept with every client, that's a big win for us. And because we find out all the other things that they're doing, not necessarily all the skeletons in their closet. I, I mean, I'll find that out. I'm telling you. But the at the same time, I'm able to see that. Oh, you're working with PR agency. Let's collaborate with that agency. Oh, you're working with the SEO company. Let's see what your keywords are. And then they're like, oh, well, well um. I don't know if I want you to talk to them. And it's like, well, what, what village are you building here? Well, exactly. They don't realize that everything has to operate in cohesion to get a unified voice. Mm -hmm. um, when they look at these brands online, they have unified vo voices. They're not um, inconsistent. And the inconsistencies usually come from a multitude of different factors taking place in the background, which is, you know, the right hand has no idea what the left hand is doing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes yeah. there can be overlap and then there's just a total mismatch of, mm -hmm. of what the overall voices, the overall message is. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Oh my God, I've, I've had such a good time talking to you, Janae. Uh, Thank you I, for having me. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been a really great interview. Um, where can people learn more? more first, I'm going to precursor and say this. Um, the, uh, all the links to um, where you can find Janae are in the description of the show, either on the podcast or on the video. But can you let everybody know where they can learn, learn more about you and your company? Well, they can find out more about me at um, JanaeAzenstrauss.com or they can find me at JAzenstrauss on Instagram or LinkedIn. Um, those are the two ideal spots where many people follow me, um, especially on LinkedIn. Um, but about I have a digital, so have a digital.com and you can find all things there. Fantastic. Um, folks, use her, seek her out, get in touch with her. She knows her stuff. Um, and the campaigns that she puts together are like really second to none. So if you'd like to learn more about her, please take a look at the, um, the information links in there. Um, uh, we have some really fantastic shows coming up um, in the future. Again, if you want to learn more about the past shows that we've had, I mean, obviously subscribe, hello, why aren't you doing that already? Give me a break. Um, go to our website, gosalesandmarketing.com, gosalesandmarketing.com. We have our show, um, our podcast page on there. Take a look at the videos. You can listen to things. You can leave me a compliment. I like those. Then um, also take a look at the blog. We have some great articles. I just don't write for my health. I write for you so I can help your business. Um, and please drop into my DMs deep. Give me some ideas for shows that you want. Anything that you want to learn about, this show is the vehicle for it. So um, until next time, Janae, thank you so much again. Um, okay. And we will talk to you again on a future episode of Social Marketing Academy. See y'all.